Hi, welcome to the ministry of Prophet Daniel Jedu, a word and spirit based ministry because we are born of the word and born of the spirit. His God given mandate is to raise babes in Christ into spiritual maturity by a deliberate teaching of the complete and pure word of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit and to take the gospel to the nations of the earth. Prophet Daniel Jedu is the lover of the word and a passionate teacher of the word of God. And his ministry is accompanied by strong teaching, healing, and prophetic grace. All over the world, his teachings are busting the faith of many people and revealing what the mind of God is for them. Many people have come to receive supernatural encounters through his ministry. The message you're about to listen to has been designed specifically to grow you into spiritual maturity. So many people have received testimonies by listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast. Say your testimony with leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or you can send it to us via email at contact at wordloversglobal.com. Now, Prophet Daniel Jedu walks us through the word. Stay tuned. Luke chapter 14. Verse 25 to 27. Luke chapter 14. And there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother, and his wife, and children, and brethren, and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whosoever doth not bear his cross, and come after me, cannot be my disciple. Now, this portion of scripture has, um, if it is not well understood, it brings a lot of enslavement to the body of Christ. You would, uh, let's see TPT. In verse 25 as well. Okay, so as massive crowds followed Jesus, he turned to them and said, when you follow me as my disciple, I want you to notice the word, my disciple. You must put aside your father, your mother, your wife, your sisters, your brothers. It will even seem as though you hate your own life. This is the price you would pay to be considered one of my followers. Anyone who comes to me must be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own, or he cannot be considered to be my disciple. So, if these portions of scriptures are not well explained and understood, it's going to put a lot of people in bondage when it's not supposed to be. Now, I'm going to go through again, and then we will mark out some critical words and statements, and then we will get into understanding. Start from 26. 
I want you to notice this. He said, when you follow me as my disciple, as my disciple, then he said, you must put aside your father, your mother, your wife, your sisters, your brothers. He said, it will even seem as though you hate your own life. And he said, the next thing I want you to notice is that this is the price you will pay. This is the price you would pay to be considered one of my followers. And I'm sure you've heard people say that when you follow Jesus, there's a price to pay. Mm. There's a price. So first of all, he said, when you follow him as his disciple, you would, some translations say you would hate your mother, your father, your wife, your sisters, your brothers. It will even, and it has caused people to fool around because they don't understand. And so even when their parents are not born again and they advise them, they don't take it. Because they think the Bible says that once you are following Jesus, then you must hate your mother and father and sisters and, and all that. And they call it as a price to pay. Some also think that, you know, there is, there is a price you must pay following Jesus. There is a price you must pay. There is a price. And in verse 27, he says, anyone who comes to me must be willing to share my cross and experience it as his own. So I'm sure you hear a lot of people, and that's why a lot of people put on the cross of Jesus. It reminds them that they must carry their cross. And sometimes when you find yourself in, in pain or in situations, bad situations, they tell you you are carrying your cross. Because Jesus is carrying, Jesus is saying that you must, anyone who will follow him, so now that you are following Jesus, you must carry your cross. So, so the key word is following Jesus. If you are following Jesus, then you must carry your cross. Which means that you too, the way Jesus carried his cross and he was beaten and they hated him and a lot of bad things happened to him, then you too, when you are going through such situations, then it means that you are carrying your cross. So which means that it is allowed for you to go through all those pain. And when they say you are carrying your cross, what they're trying to say is that, what they, what they try to say is that you, you must appreciate and accept what you are going through because it's a cross carrying. Are, are you following? And this thing has led a lot of people into bondage, even though they are born again. So, I want to help us to understand, by the grace of God, what this whole scripture meant. Now, remember, Jesus was speaking to a great multitude. So, it might include some Jews and some Gentiles who were all not born again. They were not born again. So you need to have that understanding from that angle. Now, in Israel or in the traditional Jewish system, any person that has followers, it means that that person is a rabbi. That person is a rabbi or a teacher. That's what they say in English. It's a teacher, but the, the, the Hebrew is rabbi. And the rabbi or rabbis are teachers of the Torah, the five books of Moses. They are teachers of, of the Torah, the five books of Moses. 
And rabbi could also mean a master. A master. And in the Hebrew, a master actually means the great one. Now, it, if you have a rabbi, his followers are called disciples. Because they are students. And they learn from the rabbi. Now, these students are very inclined to the words of the rabbi. They, they copy, they learn from not only his words, even the way he dresses. So if you remember, when Judas came to the Garden of Gethsemane to, to review Jesus before he was caught, the soldiers couldn't find out who he was. So it took Jesus, Judas, to go and kiss him. Because they were all dressed like the rabbi. So they saw Jesus as their, their teacher or their master. Now, what I want you to know is that once you become born again, you are not following a rabbi. So you are not a disciple. Now, actually, even in Luke 14, when he said, go to 26, when he said, you must put aside your father, your mother, your wife, your sisters, your brothers, it will even seem as though you hate your own life. What he was trying to say is that you must put Jesus above all these people. Okay? You must put Jesus above all these people. So the question is, have you put aside all these people, even your own life, for Jesus? Yes. The day you received him as your Lord and Savior, as your Lord and your Savior, say Savior. Savior. That is the day you put aside all these things. So you have already come to Jesus. Okay? You have already come to Jesus and you don't need to carry any cross. Because you died with him on the cross. The Bible says we were in him on the cross. We were buried together and we were raised together. So Jesus, the resurrected Jesus that we, we partner with, we fellowship with, is not a rabbi, a teacher, but a father. He is now a father. Okay? So, we are not followers of Jesus. We are one family. We are not followers of Jesus. We are one family. He is not our rabbi. So, if you are going through any pain, you are going through any situation, please don't see it as you are carrying your cross. Deal with the devil. Cast him out. And you are free. Otherwise, you will accept that situation. And I want to prove to you that the word disciple after Jesus had died was used in the scriptures only a few times. In the four gospels, did you enjoy that message? Yes. 
So who is Luke? We are reading the book of Luke. So how is he representing Jesus? He's representing Jesus as man, the son of man. Okay. Now, when you look at all the four Gospels, the word disciple appeared 200 times. In Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the word disciple appeared 200 times. You can check it yourself. Now, in the very last book, or the fourth book, John, it only appeared 10 times. And I explain what the book of John stands for. For the tribe of Dan, you remember? It appeared only 10 times. Hmm. Then, in the book of Acts, which actually began the New, New Testament, it, it only appeared 30 times. 30 times. The last time it was mentioned, a disciple, the Holy Spirit gave us a clue to tell us that it is ending. So in Acts chapter 21, verse 16, now look at it. They said, there went with us also a certain of disciples of Caesarea and brought with them one nursing of Cyprus. Now look at the next word. An old disciple with whom we should lodge. The last word disciple was ascribed as old disciple. Which means that this man was with Jesus earlier on. He was one of the disciples that were made that followed Jesus. Which means that they were current disciples. But this one is the old one. And when the Holy Spirit begins to arrange the words, he's trying to tell you the, the priorities, the endings, the startings, and all that. So he ended the word disciples with the word old. Now, when you read from Acts chapter 21, verse 17, all through to Revelation, you don't see the word disciple again. Because Jesus is no longer our rabbi. So you are not a disciple. So God is not expecting you to carry any cross. You are not expected to carry any cross. Okay? God is not asking you to go and hate your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, and your own life. So sometimes some of us do things that are so painful to your own self. And they will always support with crazy things. That the Bible says, you know, when you follow Jesus, you might even hate your own life. What it means by you, might, you must hate your own life or put your own life aside is that, you know, you yourself can't do anything. It is like in Genesis 15, when God came to speak to uh, Abraham and said, come and count the stars in the heavens. And then the Bible says that and Abraham was tired. And so he had to sit down and sleep. And when deep sleep fell on him, you know, the burning lamp and then the smoking furnace came. But Abraham was sleeping. And it really, you know, I mean, it, it struck me how the Holy Spirit explained this. You see, because before this one, go to maybe from verse 10. And he took unto him all these and divided them. Remember, he told him to divide animals. And he laid each piece, one against another, but the birds he divided not. 
And when the fowls came down, fowls, fowls. When the fowls came down upon the carcasses, Abraham drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. What it means in verse 11 is that the activity God asked him to do was not activities of men. So Abraham was trying to move around to suck the birds. That was the effort of man. That was the effort of man. You see? And when you, when you use the effort of man in anything concerning spiritual things, you get tired. So now when God was coming, he was sleeping. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham. And lo, and horror of darkness, you know, fell upon him. Which means, Charlie, it became so dark that he didn't even notice. That is why God doesn't want you to use your effort. Because you will be tired in this life. And then the verse 13, the Bible says that, And he said unto Abraham, Know of a surety that thy seed shall be a stranger in a land that is not theirs. And shall, of course, I mean, he had a dream anyway. But the dream was not a pleasant one. Then he said, this, this is what God wanted to show Abraham. And maybe Abraham could have seen it. But he used human effort. Because you see, the, God said you should do something. There's no way that the birds can come and eat it. Yeah, yeah. God will not allow. This is the same scenario for Uzzah. When God says that, don't touch the ark. And the Bible says, and the ark was fallen. And he wanted to help him. Human effort. The ark can fall. You see, in your mind, you think you need to support God. You need to do things for God to, otherwise it won't go well. So Abraham thought that he had to sack all the birds. Otherwise, they will eat the animal. No, sir. When God says, do this for me, he takes charge of it. So the birds could come close to the animals, but they cannot eat it. I don't know which God you believe. But don't ever bring God into your human expeditions. That is why if God should ask you to jump from this building and come down, you will apply the act with human wisdom. Because you can't see God. And that is why you must learn to believe. So if God says, Abraham. Abraham is used to animals, uh, birds, eating carcasses, dead animals. So he taught this one too that has been sanctified unto God. Anything you sanctify unto God, Satan can't touch it. And the reason why Satan can't touch you is because you are sanctified. Are, are you aware? Yes, sir. In Romans chapter 8, yes, sir. verse 30, say, I am sanctified. I am sanctified. Say, I am sanctified. Say, like you believe. I am sanctified. Okay. Look at it. For whom he did predestinate, he also called. And whom he called. Now, the word called, okay, is synonymous to sanctify. Now, sanctify means you are separated. Now, we used to be in the world. Now, did you see the, the Luke 14? He said he was preaching to a multitude. But he was not expecting all the multitude to come to him. He said those who will come. So, there will be some out of the multitude who are called and sanctified to come to him. So, you, we born again today, we used to belong to the world. We were one with the world. But he called us. Yes, sir. 
Now, when you are called, it means you are separated, you are uncommon. You are not common. That is why you are holy. Holiness means uncommonness. Uncommon means that you don't belong to the world. You are a separate people. Ye are a chosen generation. Can you see that? Ye are a chosen Say, I'm called. And you need to believe this. You are called. You are not. Your life is not like. That's how come you can't see your life just like people of the world. Unless you don't know that you are called. You are sanctified. You are separated. Holiness is not don't have sex. It's not holiness. Holiness means you are separated from the, the rest. Huh? So your business must be separated. You see. It means that everything you do is sanctified. Just as you have been sanctified. Your children are sanctified, just like you have been sanctified. That is why you don't think what happens to other children of the world can happen to your child. But until you understand, you will still, and some of us, we live as though we are common. So you talk the language of the world, you, do, you, you, you think the way the world thinks. You see, even when it comes to the way you think, he said, he said be transformed by the way you think. And there are some of us, when we, we live the life of the uncommonness for a while, and you are not following the principles and the ways to access what is already given to sanctified people, uh, that's why you are called a saint. That's why you are called a saint. And the saints have inheritances. Then sometimes your mind will tell you, oh, when I, the kind of life I used to live, the kind of people that used to help me, the kind of things, then you go. You enter into commonness. Now, in the realm of commonness, Satan has access to your life. Yeah, Satan has access to your life. That is why Colossians chapter 1 verse 12 says that. Look at 12 and 13. Amazing. He says that God has made us qualified to share. Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet or qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints. Of the saints. Where? not in darkness because once upon a time we were in darkness but now we are saints we have been called we have been sanctified and so we are not in darkness say i am not in darkness you see if you don't have this reality anytime you go through issues you will accept it you must know who you are so when things happen you know that no 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 this is not where i belong I don't belong here. So what do you do? You begin to pray your way out. As you pray, you find your way out of that place called darkness. But the man in darkness can't, doesn't have anywhere to go. The unbeliever is eternally in darkness until he sees the light. That is why in 2 Corinthians, the Bible says that Satan has blinded the eyes and seared the minds. Of the unbelievers with hot iron that they might not see the light of Christ. Because once they see the light of Christ, they come out of darkness. And he's lost them forever. Satan has lost you forever. Uh, I know some of you don't some of you don't believe, but it's fine. <laughs> he can't even look at you. You see, you don't know what has been done to you. In, look at it. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them 
which believe not. Look at what he, he had blinded their mind. Because transformation starts from the mind. And Satan has blinded their mind. Who believe not? Lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Show us TPT. He said, for their minds. Why is he saying for their minds? Let's read from verse 1. Now, it's because of God's mercy that we have been entrusted with the privilege of this new covenant ministry. Hallelujah. And we will not quit or faint with weariness. So, Paul Levy said that this thing is, is difficult. Yeah. No, you see it. He says weariness. There's weary. You will be tired. But he said we shouldn't quit and faint, I tell you. How many times we have wanted to quit and faint? How many times, I tell you. And we will not quit or faint with weariness, with tiredness. You two don't be tired yes, sir. of your Christian work. Yes, sir. Don't quit. Yes, sir. We reject every shameful cover-up and refuse to resort to the cunning trickery or distorting of the word of God. We reject every shameful cover-up and refuse to resort to the cunning trickery or distorting the word of God. This is what you must stand for. The Bible is just telling you that when it comes to the word of God, there are people that trick. Cunning means very wise way. That is why till today, there are some people that still think that it is their ancestors that are worrying their lives. That still think that their problem is purely the devil. And so on and so forth. When I ask you to fast and pray, because you see, whether you like it or not, Satan and his demons, they are in the world. And the number of demons in this world, they are three to four times the number of human beings. Now look at it. This is not to scare you. The Bible says that when you cast out a devil, he didn't say when you kill a devil or when you burn a devil. So those of you that you go to church and pray, die, 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 die. You are not killing a spirit. You are killing, you want a human being to die. Which today will not happen because God says he wants all men to be saved. So you see, the Bible says that when you cast out a devil or a demon, it goes out of the person and goes to wander about at places where they are dry. And when they don't find a resting place, they come back to the house where they were. So if you cast out the devil from you, of course, you cannot be because you are born again. But if you are not born again and we cast out the devil from you, when a demon is cast out, not killed, not bent, not not grounded, not... Yeah, you can change them because the Bible mentioned chain. You can change them. Command them to be chained. And they will be chained. 
Because it is ever written in your Bible, in Jude chapter 1, that the demons who came to sleep with the daughters of men, they are under chains. You can only do what the Bible has said. The Bible never has said that and the demons were killed and the demons were, were bent. Or, okay, go back. So let's read together. Are you, are you, are you ready? When a demon is cast out of a person. So what we need to do with demons in people is we cast them out. What happens to them? It, I love the word it. Not he, it. It roams around a dry region. A dry region. Looking for a place to rest. But never finds it. What happens? Then it says... I will return to the house I moved out of. So you, need, you don't kill devil. It only comes out and begins to walk around, wander about dry places. And so it goes back only to find that the house is vacant, warm, <laughs> and ready for it to move back in. I'll, hold here. I'll come here. So look at it. If you want to be serious with God as born again, be serious. Yes, yes, yes. So, so, so this is the principle. When you cast them out, they don't die. They only roam about. Okay. The demons Paul cast out. The demons Peter cast out. The legion in the madman Gadara. Jesus cast them out. So what happens to them? They are wondering about you, you might be contending with an ancient demon over 2,000 years ago because they don't die. It is only Jesus that will deal with them at the last day. Now remember, they like, they go through dry places. So they only find rest in dry places. That's how come they will put into the lake of fire which is water. So they don't like, they don't like water places. <laughs> Or wet places. Now, okay, that's the reason why they are in hell. But they still operate. Because there's no water there. But in the last day, hell will be taken and put into lake, lake of fire. It's a wet ground. They won't survive. I'm not saying when a demon comes, go and throw water. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> So when you go to church, they take water and splash over you. You see, I'm casting devil out of you. Marine spirit. There is a time the Holy Spirit will, will ask you. Okay, forget about that. But what I want you to know is that the demons Paul cast out, Peter cast out, Jesus cast out. You see that crippled man? That Peter had to raise? He's still around. That demon is, I don't know who has it right now. But if those demons are also, that madman of Gadara, he said, my name is Legion. Which means we have 5,000 to 6,000 plus demons in one man. And all these demons, and the demons that entered into the pig, please, they are not in the sea. 
They are not in the pig anymore. Those pigs died. So they must come out of the dead pig because they only stay in a place where there's life. So right now, as you are joking with your, with your Christian life, you might be joking and contending with what? An Asian demon who has experience. When we say fast, you won't fast. When we say pray, it's a job. Now, of course, there are different kinds of demons. In Mark 9, the Bible says that they brought a young man who was suffering from uh, epilepsy. Okay? And they brought him to the disciples because Jesus was not there. When they brought him to Jesus, seizure, okay? The Bible says that and the disciples couldn't cast the demon out. Huh? Yes, sir. The, the disciples couldn't cast out the, de um, the demon out of that boy. But these were the same 12 disciples that Jesus sent and they said, we cast out in your name. Yes. Now they bring a boy and he couldn't cast out. Look at it. Jesus came and then, and then Jesus asked a question that what is happening? And then a man spoke up out of the crowd. Teacher, he said, I have a son possessed by a demon that makes him mute. Okay? I brought him here. I brought him here to you, Jesus. When the demon takes control of him, it knocks him down and he foams at his mouth and gnashes his teeth. There are some children when they sleep at night, you see them chewing their teeth. Cast that demon out. So you see, it's an Asian demon. You see those children that foam. It's an Asian demon. Then you carry him hospital. Sometimes when I'm praying for children, I can see them in the, in the spirit, lying down there, and I'll ask them, does he chew his teeth? He say yes. They chew like they're eating, eating meat. You've seen some before? Yeah. It's not natural. It's a demon. It's a gnashing his teeth, and his body becomes stiff as a board. He said, I brought him to your disciples. What does it mean by disciple? This, it means that, Rabbi, you are a teacher. These are the people you have trained. These are your students. So I brought him to, you, to them. Hoping they could deliver him. But they were not able to. He didn't say they didn't try. They were not able. Which means they were doing all the things Jesus was doing. Because they worked with Jesus. They've seen how Jesus would say, out. And, hey, and so on and so forth. But it never worked. Jesus said to the crowd, hmm, why are you such a faithless people? How much longer must I remain with you and put up with your unbelief? Now, bring the boy to me. You see? When you are a spiritual leader, there are some things of unbelief you cannot put up with. 
Because you expect your people to grow to be able to handle things. Today, you are still complaining about stomach ache and back ache. When you have been taught how to cast it out and live the life of faith, if you keep coming to me over, that in my back, that in my back, I might not tolerate. I might not be able to put up with that unbelief. So it's scripture, you know. Jesus said to the crowd, why are you so such a faithless people? How much longer must I remain with you and put up with your unbelief? Now, bring the boy to me. Look at it. Go. So they brought him to Jesus. As soon as the demon saw him, as soon as the demon saw him, it threw the boy into convulsion. Convulsions. You know convulsions? It's not hospital's thing. It's an ancient demon. He fell to the ground, rolling around, deliverance, and foaming at the mouth. Jesus turned to the father and asked, how long has your son been tormented like this? That's compassion. He said, wow, amazing. This boy is suffering like this. Because the demon acted what he has been doing to the boy when he saw Jesus. It was a communication. He was telling Jesus, this is who I am. So it was a sign of what kind of demon is, what demon is in the boy. So he acted. So when somebody, you know, you lay your hands on somebody and they begin to manifest, it's a communication. They are telling you what kind. You can lay your hands and they fall and they begin to move like snake. It tells you serpentine. Okay? That's why you need discernment. Otherwise, you think they are doing that's why I don't allow that here. No, because I can tell without you doing that. I can tell which demon it is. That you must grow your faith and your spirit to that point. Where you, they don't need to manifest. Otherwise, your services will be, you break chairs and tables. So by discernment, you can tell that this is the spirit. And you cast it out. Before it manifests, it must go. Thank you for listening to this message. We believe you have been blessed by it. We are Word and Spirit and we invite you to worship with us. You will fall in love with our Wednesday teaching service, Christian Rayma 9 at 6 p.m. Encounter the supernatural in our Friday services, dubbed Night of Bliss at 6 p.m. And sit under the reign of heaven in our Furnace service on Sunday at 8 a.m. Follow the Prophet of God on his official Facebook page, Prophet Danny Hyphen L. Jedu, and on Instagram as Prophet Danny L. Jedu. For videos, you can subscribe to his YouTube channel. Prophet Daniel Jedu's book, Partnership with the Lord is Out, and it's selling fasting print and on Amazon. This book has all you need to help you assess your God given right. You can contact Word and Spirit International. Contact Services on plus two three three five four seven two two one seven seven three or plus two three three five zero four three two eight nine five nine for any inquiries. So many people are listening to Prophet Daniel Jedu's podcast on Podbean, and many have received testimonies by listening. We want you to share your testimony with us by leaving a write-up of it in the comment section or sending it to us via email to contact at wordloversglobal.com. You were made to leave from glory to glory and your testimony is about to shake the world you are blessed